Welcome back to the latest episode of the Security Sprint. This is a security podcast where we go beyond the headlines and talk about the security and risk news and bring about a different perspective, as well as talk about the news or events that you may have missed. There's a lot out there and we want to bring it to you. This is a sprint. So the way it works is we go through two rounds of topics and then do some quick hits at the end. And with that, I want to, Andy, I try to come up with something witty to say when I bring you in, but I don't know if I have anything witty other than to say, I welcome in Andy Jabor today. Andy, <laughs> how, how are you? How are things going? Dave, good. I, I, I think that's all the intro needed. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I appreciate it. You know, we, 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 we took last week off celebrating the George Washington holiday. I'm glad we come back and jump back into the sprint this week. And uh, really glad that I got, we had a chance to uh, post the Gay 15 interview uh, this week as well, which was a really fun conversation. So doing good here as we transition from the month of February to the month of March. Yeah, and Andy, I have to tell you, um, I will be the one traveling next week. I will be in sunny San Diego. I've never been to San Diego before, but I'll be out there for a conference, so I'm excited to be out there for that, uh, Andy. And I, and I get to take what you've done so often. You've been to these nice places before, so yeah. Well, that, that, that's a good spot. Good, good city. I've been there several times. Have yet to make it to the beach, but but I've been out to that San Diego several different times and have enjoyed each one of those trips. Well, I'll have to take some recommendations from you, Andy, but we've talked too much chatter already. We need to get news. Andy, do you have a preference to go first or me? What do you want to do? You, you lead the way. I'll gladly follow. All right, Andy, I want to call out an article from our friends in the UK, a National Cybersecurity Center. They put out an article, and this is, again, this is just, I really love the information they put out, but they're talking about the role and the importance of bringing on boards when talking about cybersecurity governance. And, and, you know, when you talk about boards and you talk about leadership, we all go back to it, whether it's security or whatever the topic is, you need to have that executive level leadership, that executive level buy-in, or you're just not going to be able to, to get the efforts and activities that put out um, to, to be and, it, and then implement it to the level that you really want it at. So, you know, this this effort by the cybersecurity uh, by the UK really just talks about that. And it's a video that they embed in there as well. We'll put the link in the show notes, but it's a really good article to, to really consider some key fundamentals about getting that executive level buy-in. Because once you have that, then they set the stage and they set the example for the rest of the organization to be able to go through and say they lead by example then. And if the board is focused on it, and look, it's hard not to be focused on this as part of a board topic anyways, um, with all the news out there, and I know you're going to hit on a lot of that, whether it be ransomware, whether that be phishing, whether that be any type of attack you have out there, you know, the, the having that focus at the board level really makes um, makes it. But the one thing I will challenge uh, security teams on is you really have to make sure that you speak the business language. Coming in and talking all the technical jargon to the executives and to the board level is really not going to deliver the impact that you want it to. So it's really important that you shape your message uh, in business speak, outline the risk, outline the impacts, outline the bottom line that's going to be impacted if they don't implement some of these security procedures. So, Andy, I probably talked a little bit more than I should have on that, but I really thought it was a good reminder of getting that executive level buy-in. Whether you have a board or a security council or just a governing council, these are really important matters for any organization. No, Dave, I really appreciate that highlight. I'm going to talk about 
you know, two significant, you know, concerns for organizations um, that I think you know, should at least be introduced to some level to boards as, as organizations consider um, both AI and ransomware. And I'm going to talk about both those in my updates. But, you know, to your point, Dave, and sort of when you're talking to the board, I think, you know, I, I go back to um, my, my second overseas deployment and I had a commander, we would brief the, the colonel um, each night and, and he did a great job of beating up the staff and, and basically saying, hey, don't just tell me stuff. Tell me stuff that I care about and, and explain to me why I care about it. And let me give you the guidance or decisions that, that you need from me, right? And, and that was really important because a lot of folks kind of get up in front of these senior leaders and just talk. And while you're trying to do good, you don't have time for that, right? So it's really a matter of making it clear, what are we talking about? Why is it relevant? Why am I telling you this? And do I need something from you? Guidance, decisions, resources, whatever it is, make that clear, whether you're talking to the board or if you're talking to the CEO or the CFO, like we've really got to be on point and, and specific with what we're talking about and asking for. I think it's really important to think about as we go, especially with you know, security and cybersecurity issues, broader resilience issues. You got to make that sort of request and ask very clear so you're not wasting time and really getting the specific guidance you need. I think it's a great point. And I thought it was a really good um, document from, from the NCSC. Good, good, good item, Dave. Yeah, and just to reinforce your point real quick, Andy, is is if if somebody can't pick up a uh, like a, a one page or a word document and understand exactly what you're trying to communicate to them, maybe you're using too much. And I do think it really need to be very clear on that. I think that's a really good point you brought up, Andy. It it really needs to be able to be articulated in their language and to their understanding, so that they don't need a translator to work it through. So yeah, great point, Andy. All right, that was my topic, Andy. Where are you going with your round one topic? So I want to go to a topic that we've talked about a few times, sort of the emerging challenging complexities of AI and technology in our environments. And there's an interesting story. I'm going to refer to a Wired article originally reported in the Vancouver Sun and, and coming out of Vancouver, our stories coming out of Canada. It's just something to keep in mind, I think, as, as more organizations are looking to include you know, AI solutions, bot solutions into their environments on their websites and things of that nature, you still have to have oversight and you still have accountability for what happens in your organization. And so in this instance, Air Canada uh, argued that they weren't liable for information provided by their chatbot. And, and this was brought before a Canadian tribunal where uh, one of the members, Christopher Rivers, uh, called their defense remarkable. I'm just going to quote here from the Wired article. Uh, he's quoted as saying, Air Canada argues it cannot be held liable for information provided by one of its agents, servants, representatives, including a chatbot. It does not explain why it believes that is the case or why the web page, and he references a specific web page, was inherently more trustworthy than its chatbot. And, and they say that the individual that was you know, engaging with the chatbot had no, no reason to be suspicious of the information being provided by Air Canada's chatbot. And, and so Air Canada was responsible for the discount, the offer, that was shared by the chatbot. As more and more organizations are moving to technology solutions, allowing AI to help inform the customer experience, customer information, it's really imperative to understand you are liable for what occurs there, right? That you can't just dismiss it as, oh, it was just the AI, right? It was, it was just the bot. That, that's probably not gonna fly. It didn't fly in this case in Canada. I think it probably wouldn't fly here in a US court. I think it probably wouldn't fly in a European court or, or anywhere else we go to. And I just think something really important because there's such a rapid increase of ad adoption of new technology solutions, really understanding those risks, right? If, you're, if your organization promises something, whether it's a human or it's, or it's you know, artificial intelligence, 
you might still be responsible for that decision, that promise, something really important to consider and keep in mind, I think, in our evolving climate. And I think, Dave, that, again, is something to consider. Is there a discussion you have to have with your boards there? Right? Is there a salient issue, decision, risk, whatever it is you want to raise as you adopt significant new technology solutions? Those are you know, perhaps board discussions, perhaps executive discussions, but probably something you at least need to really think about from a security and risk standpoint. We can't just adopt solutions willy-nilly. We've got to think about the broader potential implications that could have in our organization to include potentially affecting uh, the bottom line if, if we're held accountable for something or, or found guilty in court of something that costs us money in that sense. So I, th I thought it was a good, a good article. Thanks to Wired for raising that flag and the Vancouver Sun for covering the case. Uh, sorry, Air Canada. Dave, any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think you bring up a really good point. We really, if we're going to, I mean, you hit, and I just want to reinforce it. If we're bringing on this new technology, and look, AI is changing so rapidly. AI machine learning is all, it's all evolving uh, so quickly that we really need to do our due diligence when we onboard these new platforms or when we're doing the selection process. We, it, because I want to call out, like, you need to understand how the data that, that AI bot is storing, where is that, where is that going? What is that being? Is it, you know, beholden to your data protection laws and your data protection policies? How is that being managed? What is the third party? Hey Dave, you might've broken up a little bit there. So, so I'll, I'll just jump in for a second as, as, as you uh, get your settings fixed there. But some really important points, right? Think about those third-party additional risks. So I'll let you finish that thought, but I'm going to go ahead and pivot into my... Time's missed. If you're breaking up a little oh. bit, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into my second item for a moment. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Andy. No, no worries. So so as, as you come back into comms here, I just want to come to my, my second issue that I was going to raise today. And this is just coming out of some recent headlines and conversations um, that I've had that I sort of, sort of come back to an issue we talked about a lot, which is ransomware. And just share some thoughts on that. So one, you know, in the last week, there's been a lot of ransomware news, as always. And, and those are getting the sun have been seeing you know, a host of, of information on Lockbit ransomware. Lockbit's taken down, Lockbit's back up, Lockbit's got new approaches, tactics, techniques, and procedures, Lockbit's 50% you know, rule, Lockbit's negotiation policy, and so forth. A lot of things have been published in the last few days. A good uh, write-up by Trend Micro, by the way, we'll, we'll share the link for that. But we're seeing it also with other groups like Black Hat Ransomware, who's been involved in a couple of high visibility incidents of late, including the Lone Depot ransomware attack and what, what appears to be their involvement in the ongoing uh, change healthcare cyber attack, which is affecting pharmacies around the country, frustrating a lot of individuals. Good, good updates from uh, Health ISAC and the, uh, the AHA on that end. We'll share those links as well. Those are, those are just from the last uh, 24 hours or so. So as we see this continuous ransomware threat, again, another very good board level discussion, at least a discussion we've got to have with our executives. I just want to share a couple of thoughts that um, have, have come in the last few days. I've been talking through these threats and talking through some recent experiences um, that some of our community have experienced, right? In, in, in real and tangible ways. We talked a lot about security preparedness and resilience. I just want to go back to some of those key points, right? One. Yes, you have to have the plan. You've got those specific procedures relevant to ransomware. You've got to discuss those key decisions and those critical considerations, understand your risk tolerance, understand your executive's guidance, understand what you're willing to do or not do. And yes, you've got to train and exercise those plans across all levels. So security teams, C-suite, executives, 
you know, with, with your departments and organizational key members, it may be affected by third party ransomware. We're seeing more and more of that. All that needs to occur to be ready for potential incident. And you've got to think about, and this is really critical, incorporating those critical third parties and support team that might come from external organizations, right? Your, your, your responders, your counsel, your insurance, right? Those critical stakeholders are going to affect your response. You, you really need to understand how and what to expect from them because that's going to really critically affect how you respond, how effectively you respond, and it helps you refine your plans and procedures and your expectations for you as, as the security leader and for your executives. But like we've talked about so many times, Dave, whether it's ransomware, whether it's another cyber incident, whether it's mother nature and hurricanes or earthquakes, whether it's an active shooter hostile event, whether it's a health threat, whatever incident comes our way will almost certainly not be what we practice and trained upon in our exercises. And it won't be like the last experience we had, whether that's COVID-19 or the last active shooter incident or the last cyber incident, it won't be exactly the same. And so we do all that preparation to allow ourselves to be in a really good position to pivot to whatever that incident brings, right? We've talked about, you know, the old Mike Tyson saying that everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face or the old military saying that everybody's got a plan until they cross LD, right? The line of departure, because things change when you get hit, things change when your bullets are flying your direction. And the purpose of all that preparation is to get you in a position so you can really effectively, smartly respond and pivot to whatever the situation at hand is. And that's really critical in dealing with ransomware because it's a constantly evolving uh, challenge. Threat actors do different and sometimes unpredictable things. And whatever certainty you have in how a certain group may or may not prepare and respond and engage, it can always be different because you're dealing with human, humans. And humans can be variable. They can, they can make different decisions. They can do things you didn't expect them to. And you've got to be able to respond to that. So as we talk about ransomware, as we look at these ongoing incidents and threats and challenges we have, You've really got to take all that preparedness seriously. You've really got to bring in all those critical players in the organization, outside the organization, and put yourself in the best position to be able to effectively respond, knowing that you're going to have to adjust when that day comes. And again, that applies across all hazards. Just kind of want to share that thought as it's been so in the news the last few days. And a lot of folks are, are doing all the right things. It's still difficult to respond. And a lot of folks aren't doing the right things. It's going to be really difficult to respond. So really want to encourage folks just to think about that. They consider where you are and what you're doing. What do you need to do to give yourself, your executives, your board, the greatest level of comfort that you're in the best position you can be to make those key decisions, make those adjustments, and respond to whatever stressor you have on a given day, be it ransomware, be it an active assailant, whatever it might be. Just throwing that out there, Dave, any thoughts or comments on that? Andy, I have a hard time coming up with thoughts. I think you nailed all of that. I think it's really important uh, to just reinforce all of the things. And I apologize for getting a little caught off there on the uh, technical difficulties. But, yeah, I don't think I have anything more to add. I think you, you really nailed those points, Andy. Well, then, well, then let's, let's give the ball back to you. Thank you. And give the ball back to you to wrap things up, Dave. Okay, so I'm going to go with my second topic here. And this is about an uh, outdoor event. There was a concert, a 50-cent concert uh, that occurred over, I guess, over the last week or so. And there were some issues with seating and some of the challenges that the team, the event staff and the team had in, in response to the activities that occurred there. I don't want to get into all the details because that's not my, my point. Is the, the point is, is that 
the weather is getting warm and I'll hit a weatherman point here in the, in the uh, quick hits in a, in a minute here, but the weather's getting warmer. We're going to have more outdoor events. We're going to have a lot more activities that are going to be spreading from indoors to outdoors. We still have those indoor events. Look, these are the examples that we need as security teams to understand how something small like seating arrangements or, or whatnot can impact and disrupt an event and cause these things. I, I mean, I hate to go back to the Astrodome uh, or I'm sorry, the Astro World situation a couple of years back where they didn't have not only just the rush on the concert at the, at the concert, but they had the access control issues that were a problem. And there were other mitigating area or other areas that they could have taken along the way, but they just didn't anticipate. They didn't plan for it. So kind of tying into your ransomware point here, we've got to really think through all of these various scenarios. And I know event staffs do a great job here. But when you see something like this occur, it's always helpful to go back to the to the planning, look at it and say, hey, if this were to occur here, what what would our response be? How would we engage? What would we what would we need to do? What are our rules of engagement here? And what are the escalation paths? So it's just really important. Again, it may seem like, like a seeding thing, may seem like a small scale uh, thought, but it can have a lot of impacts. And, and it's not really about seeding. It's about are we thinking through all the, the most likely uh, risks and threats and the most dangerous risks and threats? And even if they are like low probability, it, it's still worthy of going through and working through those things. So, Andy, I just really want to just take a short, I mean, it's a kind of a longer quick hit, but it's a really important one, I think, especially as we start moving to these large, these other venues that we're going to start getting into these larger venues with the warmer weather and, and the better um, and those outdoor events and festivals and activities. So what are the thoughts on that, Andy? I think it's a great point to constantly think about, Dave, especially going into these warmer weather seasons. You know, we, we, we do a lot of support with the International Association of Venue Managers. We've got a new podcast series with IABM. And this venue security topic is, is a main area of focus, right? Being prepared to avoid that next you know, incident like in World or many others that have occurred. I'm glad you raised it. I think your, your nerd out often touches on these issues as well. And, you know, speaking of IABM and the Academy of Venue Safety and Security, which is starting next month in, in uh, New Orleans, it's really important security leaders you know, get an understanding of the best things they can do to draw down that risk for their organizations and get your folks the right training and experience to be prepared to think through, plan, and prepare for you know, those very real security challenges and, and situations. So I'm glad you brought that up, Dave. Good point. All right, Andy. So let's we went through our two rounds. Let's get into some quick hits. And again, I, I, I teased it with the weatherman. So I'll just say, you know, we've got weather situations going through. It's been beautiful temperatures here, Andy. It's going to start being in the, the high 50s, low 60s here in Charlotte. We're going to get 70s next week. I think we're beyond some of the winter weather. It doesn't mean we're escaped it, especially for some parts of the country and the world. So we got to really be mindful of that. But, Andy, there are weather patterns that are continuing to change. So in the Midwest this week, they're seeing those warmer temperatures. That means they're gonna, they could potentially get hail, windstorms that are typically not seen until the summertime. I, again, I just keep going back to these things is we really need to be thinking about and evolving for and not get caught off guard by these random events that may occur. But they they are random, but they seem more likely as we go through. And and we need to anticipate some of those things occurring. So it's really important not just to keep tabs of the weather, but uh, for your own, you know, how you get out and, and, and get sent and all that other stuff. 
but how you as an organization are effectively prepared to do that with. So really just important to call out on that. And again, it is we're getting ready to get into as you know, as March come as we go into March, we're getting into that tornado season. Uh, again, we've seen shiftings in, in tornadoes uh, going from strictly in the Midwest down to now the southeast. So what does that mean for your organization? But tornadoes can be everywhere. And then not too far from there, Andy, hurricane season, wildfire season. Are we taking the preparedness steps today so that we're ready tomorrow? So that's where I really want to hit on that. Andy, one other quick hit on the on flu, on the disease front. Again, COVID numbers have been going down. Flu numbers have been going up. We've seen some various reporting on this over the last couple of weeks about the unintended consequences of, you know, the COVID vaccines may mean that people aren't taking the flu vaccine. What does that mean and how does that playing out? Again, that impacts, you know, your ability to staff your organization if you have people out on the flu often uh, or even am still impacted by COVID. So just things to consider, Andy. Those are my two quick hits. Where are you going with yours? Dave, really glad you brought up severe weather and health. Again, part of that all-hazard security consideration. You've always done a great job of advocating for planning at least a quarter ahead when it comes to severe weather. So glad you're raising those points now. We just start the transition towards spring, which has a lot of us excited. Dave, there's so much to cover. I'm just going to give some general updates and folks can dig into the links to see more. One, you know, we referenced the UK NCSC's board uh, update. Several other really good resources here at home from CISA, uh, their, their new effort on cybersecurity emotions. A couple of really good updates from the Canadian Center for Cybersecurity on passphrases and passwords, uh, your, your digital footprint, uh, protecting your accounts with multi-factor authentication. Another update from the NCSC, uh, more guidance from CISA on, on water system security. We'll share those links, check those out. A lot of really good work being done by, by some of our domestic international security partners. You talked about ransomware, talked about um, the ongoing change healthcare issue. Relevant to that, uh, very specifically relevant to that, is the ConnectWise security flaw and vulnerability. A good update from the uh, CEO at Huntress and others that have talked about this vulnerability. It's being exploited. It's being used to, 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 to uh, attack with ransomware. Folks should understand it. If it's in their environment, they should secure it. Those that haven't are at risk. Those that haven't are being attacked. So I'll, I'll let folks dig into that more, but you're very relevant to the conversation we just had on ransomware. And as we always like to talk about, as our, as our good teammate, Jen Walker, likes to talk about knowing those known exploded vulnerabilities, taking action to address those, especially those um, that are being, you know, knowingly being attacked aggressively right now. Uh, we can talk more about that and the ransomware updates from CISA as well. We'll say that for another day. Dave, obviously in the news uh, this week, the AT&T network outage caused a lot of confusion, disruption. Uh, a lot of people sort of making fun of the $5 uh, rebate being given by AT&T. We'll share some links on what we know and don't know about that in the show notes as well. Lots about Russia, lots about information flow in China and security threats. Some interesting articles on potential um, undersea cable uh, security issues. Dave, we'll share all those links and more. And just one last item, uh, CISA on the 29th. So this week, for those who are listening in on Thursday is hosting a CISA live session looking at K through 12 school safety. We'll share the link for that. You can join and follow along if you're interested in, in school security, school safety. I know a lot of our, our community has interest in that. A lot of us have kids that might just be interested in that for general awareness and knowledge. I know a lot of the faith-based organizations have interest in that. So we'll share that link. Might want to check that out if you can make it in time. Again, that's this Thursday, the 29th of February. Dave, we could talk a lot more, but I think we've covered a lot of ground and I think I'll stop there. 
That sounds great, Andy. I wouldn't expect anything less of all the stuff you've got in the quick hits. And again, please check out the show notes. We put them all in there for you to link and, and reference through the through the course of your work week. But with that, Andy, I just want to remind everyone about the, the bevy of Gay 15 podcasts we have available. You mentioned, two the IAVM podcast and the monthly podcast that is up. Uh, that comes out near the first of each the first week of each month. Uh, then we've got your Gate 15 interview that was dropped earlier this week. So really want to push that forward. And then we've got the Nerd Out Security Panel Discussion Podcast uh, that also comes out during the course of the month. So four great podcasts, including this one, that you can really uh, look through and, and get your security fill from. Love to hear any feedback you've got from podcast at gate15.global. Please reach out and connect with us. Or you can also reach us on our socials, uh, threads. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on X. Uh, maybe not as much on X anymore, but we, we are out there. You can find us. Please reach out on LinkedIn as well. Uh, but with that, Andy, I will bid you adieu.